Whether you call Bris Vegas home or are planning a trip to the River City, this is the podcast that will help you plan the ultimate bluey day out. <laughs> the best of Brisbane for real life. This is Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. G'day and welcome along to another edition of Bluey's Brisbane, the podcast that's all about exploring the real life world of our favourite healer family. And it's a big hello again to Lou Bromley joining me at the card table. G'day, Lou. Hello. It's been too long. It has been too long, but we have got someone big on the show today and you've we been really fangirling do. just the little bit, haven't you? Yes. And I think the noises I've been making only dogs can hear because the squee <laughs> noise goes into that range which humans can't hear, but you wonder why your ears hurt. But uh, I'm so excited to well, talk to our next guest. It is exciting because Custard are doing shows in Brisbane this week. They uh, are. Two shows at the Tivoli. As we record this, there are still tickets available to the Thursday night show, but you better get onto those pretty quick um, if you want to see Custard mm. live. Um, and Dave McCormack. Mm-hmm. is joining us today on the show who we both grew up with in Brisbane as you know one of those big four Brisbane bands that sort of did so well in the mid 90s. Absolutely, yes. That's the music I grew up on, you know, graduating from high school and going to uni, the big uni gigs here in Brisbane. Um is where everybody got music from. Yeah, and I remember, I remember seeing uh, Regurgitator um, famously in the car park at UQ um, for O-Week because it had rained for a week non-stop and so they moved all the bands into the car park, which I was just dreadful. That. It sounded as bad as it you know you yes. think it would. <laughs> but yeah, so all these bands in Brisbane and Custard were one of those huge bands. Dave McCormack from Custard, thank you for joining us today, mate. No worries, Justin. Happy to be here. <laughs> Super excited to have you guys uh, back at the Tivoli uh, this Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, you must be excited to get back to where it all started with two Brizzy shows, right? Oh, yeah. So, well, I can't remember when we would have last played. Um, I know we did a gig at the art gallery. You know how with this COVID lockdown thing, years just melt away. So I'm not yeah. sure if it must have been 2019. I don't know. Justin, I got no idea. I remember that one. That was at Goma. That was like a dinner time show. Yeah, yes. Goma. That's it. So yeah. that was yep. probably two, that was maybe August two thousand and nineteen, and then I don't think we've done much because everything sort of shut down early twenty twenty, didn't it? And now here we are, early twenty twenty one. So um, very happy to be coming up to Brizzy. I was I managed to get through for a couple of weeks at Christmas, and that was the first time I'd been to see the family in Brisbane in about a year. So mm. that was cool. And then, um, yeah, very happy to be going to the Tivoli on Thursday and Friday. But riddle me this, the Tivoli from memory is quite a large venue. And um, from what I'm hearing, the numbers are limited to 200 people per night. So that's going to be very much super socially distanced, isn't it? That's yeah, I, I believe I believe it's all going to be seated at tables, like very, mm-hmm. very posh, you know, yeah. almost almost fine dining. You know, you, you sit down at your table in your group of six or eight or whatever and, and enjoy the show. Love it. Love, and, and there'll be no dancing, there'll be no hugging and kissing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be... That's going to be unusual because one of one of my favourite parts is uh, when we finish a gig, trying to get myself to the door as people leave and and give them a sort of David Healthcott sort of slightly <laughs> on the spectrum hug as they leave. Uh, that's like quite a fun part of the whole thing for me. But um, obviously, that's not going to be on the cards this time. Sad. It's a tragedy. 
It is. I love that because lots of times you go see bands and they are on stage and then they disappear back to some sort of kingdom on the clouds made of gold and paper mache. But Custer, we've always prided, we've always, you know, thought of ourselves as a band of the people for the people. There's nothing fancy about us. There's nothing highfalutin. We're very much the um, the sort of Dara of bands, the Inala of bands, if you will, the Oxley of bands. I'm an Oxley girl, actually, Dave. So um, I love Oxley. My heart beat a little was, faster then. <laughs> oh, good, Lou. Good. Well, remember, um, I don't know what vintage you are, but there used to be a go kart um, racing center like at Oxley um, back in the eighties, and Oxley was like this amazing place. Like I say, that had go karts. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and I used to pass through Oxley because I went to school at Ipswich, but yes. I. I my parents lived at Kenmore, so many a time we'd be, you know, driving Ipswich Road, turn left at Oxley, back to Kenmore, to the western suburbs of Brizzy. But, um, yeah, Oxley's good. Oh, Oxley's still good. Sherwood. Absolutely. I love Indrapilly. Those, those places um, still hold a lot of mystique and, and uh, magic to me. I love those words, mystique and magic. Because you're, you've got that double life thing going. You're Dave McCormack, rock star, custard. You're yeah. coming back to Brisbane as well, but in your double life, you're also voicing Bandit and there are bluey That's... locations. Do you get yeah. a lovely sense of nostalgia or that magic and mystique where you know that episode is somewhere you've been before? Yeah, yeah. And I like the animation, the drawings are very Brisbane as well, so... It's a, it's a really good fit for me. I'd, I'd have trouble. I mean, I'm not an actor by any, uh, you know, stretch of the imagination, but having uh, being a dad of two daughters um, and having it based in Brizzy, it's sort of um, sort of my life in a weird way. So <laughs> that's why I have so much for doing it. And I think maybe that's why people love it so much because it's not acting. It's more, yeah, this is it. This is, this oh, is yeah. my memory bank. And, like, Justin and I, we grew up on you and Custard mm-hmm. and the big brizzy bands of the 90s. Yeah. Like, we were going to the, the uni gigs. Yeah, the Gurge, the Finger. The Finger, the Screen Feeder. Yeah, that's it. And that, that was our life as suddenly new adults. Like, there was just the explosion of music. But now we need yeah. a double babysitter to go to your gigs with table service at the Tivoli. But uh, has Bluey brought you a whole new generation of fans who didn't have that 90s, you know, experience? Yeah, there's so there's there's parents who had the 90s experience and now they make the connection and and that seems to be good. But the younger generation, the people, the kids or the par- younger parents who only know me from Bluey, they seem somewhat repulsed by the custard music. They seem <laughs> it doesn't fit into their their mind schemata. You know how they've made up, oh, that's banded healer. And their body and their mind is rejecting this previous existence. So it's a, it's it can be quite a, a visceral reaction, especially from young kids. They're like, oh yuck, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> now get on board. Young kids, come on. Maybe when the young kids get older, they'll find some redeeming features in um, Custard. But, <laughs> <coughs> you know, myself, I'm, I'm finding features of Custard material now that <clears throat> I never noticed before 
we were, like I said, we were rehearsing on Sunday and uh, we tried this song that we wouldn't have played for, I don't know, 25 years. It's a song called Scared of Skill and I think it was the first track off um, one of our albums called We Have the Technology. And I was hearing it for the first time. It was it was beguiling and mysterious. Just speaking of that time, you know, can you take us back to Brisbane in the early 90s? You know, you're talking about 25 years ago. So so I, I first yeah. discovered you guys, um, Wahoodie Fandango, I think it must have been about grade 12, just fell in love with yeah. the, 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 the sound. I thought it was so diverse. But, you know, can you take us back to that, that scene in the, the early to mid nineties. Um, you know, you guys, you guys are young musos. I remember reading an article in, um, it was probably Rolling Stone, probably around the mid to late nineties. And they had this sort of, um, Brisbane band, um, sort of family tree. Um, yes. and, and it was almost like custard was right at the center of it. And, and branching out from custard were all these, you know, myriad of other bands. What, what was the scene like in Brisbane in the early nineties, just before it all exploded? Yeah, well, the scene, so the Brisbane scene started for me when I went to Queensland University in 1986 and and so all of a sudden you're out of high school and all of a sudden you've got more free time, less structured learning time and the student union had a rehearsal space with a vocal PA. So myself and Paul Madhu, who's a bass player from Custard, and a couple of other people started a band called Who's Gerald and we were... The, the, there was a scene there, but it was it was embryonic, and um, and we'd play lunchtime uni gigs and maybe at a venue in the valley, and it was all it was it was beginning. Like there'd been huge bands from Brisbane, but it was beginning, and we were only just sort of getting into that world. And then Triple Z, we we sort of got in that world a bit. And then the early 90s, it just seemed like something clicked. Triple J came to Brisbane, you know, so they were looking for Brisbane bands. Um, and it just seemed like there was a, I don't know, there was something in the water and all of a sudden there were so many great bands and so many great venues. And we we had a rehearsal space in Bradley Street, Spring Hill, and it you know, the joke was anyone who turned up at that rehearsal space left being in a band. The band might not have lasted for more than, you know, a rehearsal or two, but it just seemed we'd walk in and whoever was there, okay, we're a band. What are we called? Uh, I don't know, polystyrene. Great. What songs are we going to do? Uh, let's do a Pixie song and then I got this other song. Okay, cool. Should we do a gig? Yeah, let's see if we can get a gig. And it just happened that quickly. And then the bands would disappear as well. But, you know, in our Spring Hill band room, I couldn't even count the amount of bands, maybe 20 over the, during the 90s. It was a fertile period and we were all early to mid-20s and I don't think any of us had a job. We were all on the dole from memory and it, all we'd do was, you know, make up band names and try and design posters. I'm just wondering what it's like, you know, fast forward now 30 years or, you know, 25, 30 years, you know, what's it like? You know, jumping back on the horse, um, you know, you've you've put out Respect All Life Forms last year. You know, we're doing shows, COVID safe now, um, you know, but all the trappings of adulthood. You know, we've all got kids and there's careers and stuff that kind of get in the way. What's it like, you know, doing the band and, you know, doing all the stuff again? It's good. The band at the moment's more, it's certainly less hectic and um, it's certainly less hard work. Like, um, 
I don't know, because we're all old now. We're all over 50. So, <laughs> you know, we're like, instead of buying the red sports car, we buy like a nice guitar or something like that. So it's very much parents, you know, it's certainly past, past our prime physically and mentally. And, uh, but, you know, we're, we're having fun and rediscovering it all. And it's a lot more civilized now, Justin and Lou. Like in the old days, you drive eight hours in a shitty van and get to a venue and lug in a whole lot of equipment and then wait around a thousand hours to play at two o'clock in the morning. And now we, um, you know, find ourselves at the Tivoli and we'll sort of have a very uh, sophisticated sound check and there'll be amps and drum kits waiting for us there and then we might have a a cheese platter and, and, you know, a selection of small goods (laughs) and a... And a robust Shiraz, and it's all—it's all much—it's all, much, all much more to my liking. Although I do like to be honest, I—I I used to. There was something I loved about being on the road for six weeks, driving up and down the eastern seaboard and playing night after night. And and sure, relationships can get frayed, and and you get tired, and and it's it's hot and stinky and uncomfortable. But there's something magic about playing night after night, and. Just that sort of uh, muscle memory, memory um, chemistry that you get from a band playing heaps of gigs. I've I've got to I've got to do a lot of homework trying to remember these songs because if you think some of these songs are 25, 30 years old, and when we you know in recent years when we've been playing you know maybe six gigs a year, you, your brain remembers stuff. But now, oh, geez, I'm going to be fluffing words left, right, and centre, totally, <laughs> but. I think that just um, you know it shows shows that uh, yeah we can't remember much. Actually, Dave, how do you talk to your kids about being banded, as well as the rock star? I mean, you're telling them like you know I'm off to go play some gigs, kids. See you next week. Yeah, they've been to they've been to the odd festival show in uh, in Sydney, but and and I did a lot more gigs when they were young, and obviously the last year and a bit there haven't been many gigs, so yeah. They, they don't mind it because I normally bring them back Lego or something, you know, like a little <laughs> treat when I come back. So um, they, they don't mind that. But And the Bluey stuff, initially when the show started three years ago and they were a bit younger, sort of four and seven-ish, they were, they were into it. But now, um, you know, thanks to YouTube and streaming, kids uh, have access to so such a wide array of entertainment. So they've... They've, alas, moved on a bit from the bluey stuff, and I try and, um, you know, obviously the raging egomaniac that I am, I'm like, hey, guys, you want to watch this bluey episode? And they're like, oh. You know, actually, they will watch it if I if I suggest it and it's on, <laughs> but they won't, um, they don't, not anymore do they come up to me and say, hey, Dad, can we watch bluey again? But, look, if, if it's, if I sort of point them in the right direction and we watch it, then they'll, they'll watch the whole episode. They don't glaze over. But um, they were convinced that somehow someone was spying on us because it was so similar to our actual <laughs> life. But uh, I, I think they've got, gotten over that now. Look, you're touring here in Brisbane when Bluey Music, the album, hit the ARIA number one spot. I know, amazing, but, right? Yeah. And I think you know where I'm going with this. But, uh, Dave, we kind of yeah. want a collab of Custard yeah. <laughs> meets Dave McCormack meets Josh Bush and the team. I know. Is it going I'm, to happen? I'm into can it. You, can I'm, you give us breaking def- news? 
I, look, I can't give you breaking news, but I can certainly say I, I think it it ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't it? I don't know why. Um, I don't know why it hasn't happened so far. But I, I guess um, uh, I guess the first thing I got to do is listen to this Bluey album, hey, <laughs> and see what it sounds. I haven't actually heard it, so it's a cracker. I, I'm, yeah, I, <laughs> for it to be number one is amazing, but definitely there's got to be. Um, like how meta is this, okay? If I'm the voice of the dad in the show, right, Yeah. can't they put me in the show as me, like have me animated as well? And then they can have me as the the parent dog talking to me as me. How weird it's would that all be? all starting to get a bit trippy, isn't it? I'd love it. It'd be like, hey, Bandit Healer. Hi, Dave McCormack. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's write a song. <laughs> I have no authority, but I love it, and we'll make it happen. I think it, I think it could work. It'd be super trippy, as you say, but um, <laughs> and and only have my voice and those two characters in the whole episode. I think that'd Oof. be great. Little I Easter think, egg. Wow. Let's let's pitch it to Ludo and Joe Brum and okay. you know, get them working on it. <laughs> we'll send them. Well, an look, email. If, when I'm up there Thursday, let's all get together and pick it outside the Ludo Studios. And <laughs> I love do it. it. See, See where we get to. A social distance riot <laughs> in protest. <laughs> Three people. Three, yeah. That's all we need. Yeah. That's all you need. And yeah, all of Custard, we'll get them there too. They're in the van at the same yeah, time. Yeah, they'll be there. <laughs> well, look, um, an episode like Dad Baby, now that's one of my favourite episodes of Bluey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is out there. You've, you've talked about, you know, Dave McCormack meeting Bandit Healer on the show. That's kind of an out there concept too, but Dad Baby is really out there. It um, is, isn't it? It's, it's just, <laughs> just wildly wacky. Um, when you get a script like that, what goes through your mind? Like what are you thinking? When they, they always send me through the script so I can have a look before we record it. And and often I'm I'm laughing my head off and just eyes wide open in wonder at the concepts and the theories and, you know, they're just wonderful out there scripts. They're so, um, you know, they're sort of, they're sort of Python-esque in a way sometimes. But, um, mm. and then, and then when, when Joe, um, who writes almost all of them, once he starts talking me through it and explaining it, it becomes even funnier and more amazing then. So, and we have an absolute ball doing it. Like I laugh my head off when we're doing it and, and then he's laughing his head off, and it's such a good it's such a good time. It's it's never a hassle to do. I love it. That's uh, amazing. We're we're super excited um, to have you back in Brisbane in just a few days. Um, I, I read a great story about the naming of the album. Could you just tell us the story oh, about totally. how Respect All Life Forms got its name? Because this is a great story, and I feel like this could only happen to Custard. Yeah. So we were. We were doing a gig in Fremantle. Or, no, we were doing a gig in Perth in, I, I'm going to say it was March 2019 maybe, um, and it was a festival gig. And, of course, we're old. Like I don't like flying to Perth and then the, it's four hours earlier and then you have to wait all day and play at night and it makes the day really long. Mm. So because <laughs> we're old, let's we said let's fly over the day before chill in Perth, then we've got the day just to, you know, hang out. And Glenn, being the resourceful, clever person he is, said, if we're going to be in Perth, let's, um, you know, record some songs. So it was like, okay, quick, we've got to make up some songs. And he found this studio called Poon's Head Studio in Fremantle, which had this great um, rambling old studio with, with amazing gear and a guy called Rob who ran the place. So we rocked up there. 
we started recording these songs that we hadn't rehearsed. We were just showing each other ideas and jamming it out. And then this person came in um, with, a, with a cowboy hat on and he, he knew Rob and he seemed quite eccentric and um, he, he introduced himself as Cowboy John and uh, he was hanging around us and he, he had a very, very unusual but very positive vibe. And then he was outside, you know, chain-smoking cigarettes and strumming on an out-of-tune guitar and, um, you know, playing these songs that were beautiful and bizarre and otherworldly. And then um, he got up and left and just said, respect all life forms. And then he he vanished, like, through the backyard onto the street. And um, I didn't know who he was, but the owner said, I've, I've got a photo of, of Cowboy John playing the keyboard Um do you want to see it? And he showed us that and we said, that's the album cover. The <laughs> album's going to be called Respect All Life Forms. That, and and Justin and Lou, it was one of the most magic, fortuitous mornings of my life, just to be able to record eight songs that, that didn't exist and get the album cover and the album title in one day in Fremantle. Amazing. It's very, it's very DIY, isn't it? Just, you know, bang, 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 it's all done. There's the album. Well, you, sometimes you just got to surrender to the universe and go, this is meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> like otherwise yeah. we, we would have overthought the album or what's it going to be or this or that or what. And then it's just, okay, great. That's the album title. Let's move. And we hadn't even finished. We didn't even have enough songs for the album then, but we had the album title. That's what I mean. We're, we're a band of the people for the people. People give us ideas. We steal it and make it our own. <laughs> Well, look, we're very excited to have Brisbane's Band of the People back in town um, for a couple of shows at the Tivoli this Thursday and Friday as we speak. Friday is sold out, but I think there are some tickets available for Thursday. So um, if you haven't got a ticket- And I've been having some fun with the set list. I've been putting, like, mixing everything up. So it's I'm having so much fun, like putting- Bit of the old, bit of the new? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just putting songs we have never played before- you know, with songs we haven't played for 20 years and then, you know, normally we start with a hit song or Pakistan, you know, normally we start with a certain, you know, the, the set list has got a certain feel, but I feel like I've turned it completely upended at this time. So yeah. um, it could be a, a magnificent failure. <laughs> <laughs> it still sounds a bit magical to me. It will be magical, Lou, I promise. And you guys will be there? Yes, uh, we're looking at being there Thursday night, so... Yes, I was yes. eyeing that off too. It all comes down to even a singular, let alone a double babysitter. I'm a woman of a certain oh, age, no. Dave. You know? Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, barring, barring, Tell kid, me about kid, barring kid emergencies, yeah, we'll be there. Great. Okay, I look forward to meeting you both. Well, thank you so much, Dave. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Lou. The podcast showing off the best of Brisbane for real life. This is Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. I think one of the things with that I just love about Custard, Dave McCormack and then Bandit Healer and the Healer family is that there's such a nostalgic um, trip down memory lane around things to do with Brisbane. So there's so many locations that are in the the quintessential Custard songs of their film clips. So around Fortitude Valley and Spring Hill. And like we talked to the other Dave, uh, David Hinchliffe, uh, former Deputy Lord Mayor, 
Uh, he was being he lives there too. So we've had that mirrored that there's some places here in Brisbane that everybody loves to reflect. And I mean, Dave McCormack, he's going to be playing at the Tivoli. That's one of the institutions, isn't it, of Brisbane, um, where so many people have played live music. And so many people here in our city have got memories, great memories, of seeing um, live performances there at that location. So I think too, if there are any bandits and chilies who are listening to us who want to do date night and see another side of Brisbane... I think that you can do a lot of things from the Tivoli and just spreading out from that sort of location, strolling around, because it's been such uh, an important location for the forming the musical sound of Brisbane over the last 25 years. Yeah, and, and um, just recently was uh, saved um, by a few uh, people with deep pockets. Um, that building was due to be sold you lose that music venue. But a few mm, people absolutely. stepped in and bought the venue and, and it's continued on as a music venue in Brisbane. Yes. And like, there's something, is it one of the good things that have come out of, you know, managing a pandemic? But there's also something kind of nice, isn't it? I mean, table seating, to see a band that you did see at your uni car park, that you got wet and muddy in the rain because they played on the stage, they were dry. None of us were in the paddock at the university where they were playing or the little holes around Brisbane that were like little bars that they were playing around to around Fortitude Valley. So there's, it's, it's, it's fancy. This is date night now as opposed to those big grotty nights that you had out and loved it Yeah, as well. I, mean, I remember seeing Custard at the Zoo, famous Brisbane venue, you know, in the 90s and um, famously for a long time, I think it is now, but the zoo was never air-conditioned. So you, you, you went, you went yes. to a gig in summertime, it was sticky, it, it really was hot. Was. You know, the prime position was over near the windows yes. to get a bit of a breeze. Yes. Um, but, you know, this, this concept of you know, having a gig seated, table service, maybe some, you know, fancy food. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty cool to me, especially now that I'm a certain age and got kids and I've got an early start the next morning. It sounds great. I'm looking forward Civilized. to it. Civilised. That's how we do date nights out now in our families. All right. So as we record this, uh, if you want a ticket, if you're in Brisbane and you want to see Custard, there's still uh, tickets to the Thursday night show. So if you want tickets to that uh, show on Thursday night, you better be quick. In fact, quicker than uh, Janet and Rita in the Granny Mobile. Or even Muffin fleeing the cops with her flamingo. I am the flamingo queen. <laughs> You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane. So super excited. Music is crap. <laughs> Music is crap. My <laughs> intro was crap. Intro was crap. Dave McCormack told, told me, me so. so. <laughs> no, don't do that. The blooper reel right now.